We are motivated a lot by gamification. I think the monuments and memorials themselves are really interesting, but generally people have a limit in terms of how much time they can just spend looking by themselves or listening to a tour guide. But all of a sudden, when you turn your walk or tour into a game, you can go all day. Coming to you from Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. Before there was Watergate, the scandal, there was Watergate, the building complex, and before there was Watergate, the hotel, there was Watergate, the steps, a graceful, broad swath of marble steps leading from the Western Lawn behind the Lincoln Memorial to the Potomac River. Once envisioned as a ceremonial entrance to the city for visiting dignitaries, the steps mostly became a concert space. For 30 years, from 1935 to 1965, an orchestra would assemble itself on barges in the river while audiences assembled themselves on the steps and sunset concerts ensued. I've lived in Arlington for 35 years before I learned about that tidbit. And as it was then at the start of what's turned out to be a long two plus years of pandemic, I kind of wished that socially distanced outdoor concert venue would make a comeback. I learned about the steps history because I had moved just a mile, but enough to see the city around me through fresh eyes. My literal new horizons inspired an episode about the fabulous curious crows that flew by to roost in Roslyn and the then still under construction new Frederick Douglass Memorial Bridge, whose rising arches I could see, but I couldn't really figure out what they were. Check those out on my website. I thought of the steps as I stood in the Lincoln Memorial, staring up at old Abe yesterday, scrutinizing his hands. What else didn't I know about the sights right in front of me, I wondered. But to President Lincoln's hands, they're enormous on that statue, for starters, and you can't help but think of the tension that would have animated those fingers while he was president. But yesterday, I was imagining he was using American Sign Language, and I was trying to decipher the letters those hands formed. I have a theory. You'll have to go and look for yourself. But why would I be imagining Abe using ASL? Well, because someone had piqued my curiosity. While I was wishing concerts would magically materialize on the river, a nearby entrepreneur was creating a scavenger hunt to entertain his friends in the pandemic. Those friends were sufficiently entertained that the creative urge became a beta test. And the beta test became an improved app. And the even better game and app launched just recently with an outside-the-box invitation to take imaginative license and read the statue's hands. Eric Neighbor's professional profile describes him as a product manager, edtech founder, and technology consultant. But I think of him as an exemplar of Curiosity Enterprises. Whether it's his new Capital Clues, clue-solving DC adventures, or an earlier app to teach kids greater financial literacy, 
he seems like the kind of person that looks around, sees opportunity and asks, I wonder. So I'm delighted to have Eric Neighbor join me today. So welcome, Eric. Hi, Lynn. It's great to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. So tell us more about the inspiration for Capital Clues. Right. Well, in the middle of the COVID pandemic in 2020, back when we were all sanitizing our groceries, <laughs> watching Do- Dr. Fauci on TV, and perhaps binging Tiger King, it was a lonely time yeah. because social events were shut down and it seemed like the only way to connect with friends was online or, or maybe for a socially distanced walk. And at the time, I thought, what can I do to gather a larger group of friends together in a way that's still safe from a socially distanced perspective that where we could play a game or something that's more fun than just going for a walk. Yeah. And that past summer, I spent a lot of my time on the National Mall through exercise, biking, running, or just finding a quiet spot to read. And I learned a decent amount about the different monuments and memorials there. And inspiration struck me, wouldn't it be fun to create a scavenger hunt game that guided my friends from one memorial to the next through riddles? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's what I did. I Over a series of weekends, I came up with questions um, and interesting clues. And in doing so, I did additional research about the monuments and memorials to see if there's something that I didn't know. And boy, was there a lot of information I didn't know. And I incorporated the insights I found into a simple game that I hosted with my friends. So what a good friend you are, first of all. What a nice gesture, among other things. But, you know, I hear all of that and I think that's an entrepreneurial spirit at work, right? So this is a show about curiosity. What role do you think curiosity played in that sort of entrepreneurial urge to create this thing? I'm assuming at first you weren't thinking, okay, I'm going to create an app and I'm going to push this out into the world. But at first you were just like, I'm going to do this thing. What role did curiosity play, if any? Mm. Yeah, for me, uh, the curiosity struck really when I was spending a lot of time around these memorials Mm -hmm. and there are these a lot you know, large monolithic blocks of stone with a lot of detail to them. And because they are just so awesome, when you look at them, they make you want to learn more about what they are, what they represent, what the history is behind them. And that's really what got me going on this project. But in general, whenever I'm, I'm out and about, I find myself wanting to know more. You know, the the app itself, you're very explicit actually on your website and in the game. It really is about observation, right? It's like, don't take these places for granted. You really have to look, you really have to kind of think about what you're seeing and then take it a step further, turn it into a riddle or something more elaborate than that. And <laughs> I sort of make fun of myself. You know, my favorite book of all time is The Phantom Tollbooth. And one of the reasons that it's my favorite book is that there's a passage in it about a city that disappears because nobody looks up. And as a child, I read this passage 
And I made a promise to myself that I would always look up. I would always look around when I was in a place because I was horrified at this idea that a city would just disappear. And I feel like you're doing the same thing, right? You're encouraging people to look up, look around, and really focus on the details. Yeah. I think part of that is because we are motivated a lot by gamification. Uh-huh. I think the monuments and memorials themselves are really interesting, but generally people have a limit in terms of how much time they can just spend looking by themselves or listening to a tour guide. Right. But all of a sudden, when you turn your walk or tour into a game, you can go all day. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's kind of like how some people don't particularly enjoy running, but if Uh you put a ball in front of them, they'll be out there every weekend playing soccer or football or whatever sport it is that they like doing. And you've sort of set up Capital Clues. It appeals to multiple reward impulses, right? So multiple Mm -hmm. different forms of motivation, which to me also has this interesting resonance with curiosity, which is motivated by a lot of different things. Desire to fill an information gap, tolerance for uncertainty or not, a desire to make connection. You've done the same thing. So talk a little bit about that, because I think this is actually fairly sophisticated. And I think you're absolutely right that it's going to be the sticky thing about Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, I think there are a few different game personas that Capital Clues really speaks to. One is the explorer. The explorer really enjoys discovering the world around them. Uh, Another is the socializer. So... Through a game like Capital Clues, it's an opportunity to get together with friends, have conversations, and it facilitates having a good time with your friends that you're with. And the third persona is the achiever. And the achiever is one that likes completing things. They like telling their friends about what they've accomplished. And through Capital Clues, there's a score. You get to see how many questions you got correct. And on top of that, there's a leaderboard. And I think a subset of the achiever is the type of person that likes to know they were number one that day, which is probably a a pretty small subset of that achiever group, but it certainly exists. I think Capital Clues caters to each one of these different personas differently. Uh Well, and I think it's interesting too, this idea of sort of gamification as a gateway to increasing engagement. In, in this case, you know, again, my lens is sort of increasing curiosity because it almost gets you past participants' need for curiosity to keep going, right? You've found another addictive drug <laughs> <laughs> that feeds the dopamine receptors in another way. But, but it goes back, and I'm wondering what your experience was with your first app in terms of teaching kids with financial literacy, mm-hmm. whether gamification was also a way of increasing engagement and curiosity and what your experience was with that. Yeah. Overall, I, I, I make a, a general statement to say that gamification is actually incredibly present in a lot of the apps that we use. It's not just apps like Capital Clues or the other app that I founded, which is Guardian Savings, whether it's the number of likes that you get on Facebook, that appeals to sort of the achievement personality, or a lot of apps will have features such as badges 
to make you feel like you achieved something as well. And the designers of, of a lot of apps add these gamification elements very intentionally to try to increase time spent on screen or overall engagement with the app because ultimately engagement leads to increased revenues. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so with Capital Clues and Guardian Savings, I actually wanted to be very intentional so that I wasn't using gamification in order to lead to what I see as negative or adverse effects. The other app that I founded is called Guardian Savings, and it's basically a digital piggy bank for kids with a number of behavioral and educational tools so that kids can learn how to use their personal finances responsibly and create a foundation of skills so they can spend and save in a responsible manner. Yeah. yeah. And what I didn't want to do with that app is gamify where we, I considered adding aspects like a saver level where kids can increase their level based off of different behaviors that they use. I thought that it might create uh, a misalignment of incentives where kids were practicing certain behaviors just for the achievement level rather than for the inherent joy of learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My sons are now, you know, well-grown and flown, but we had what we called the parent bank which mm -hmm. was a much less elaborate, much less sophisticated. It was just a spreadsheet, right? But but the yep. same sort of a thing for the tracking and kind of understanding, like how does the mathematics of this work? How does the long-term, how do you, how do you think about these ratios long-term? And, yeah. you know, what does, save, what does early savings amount to? And And some of that is also about just getting kids to be, again, to be kind of curious about, oh, there's a, there's a something here as opposed to it all just sort of magically happening. <laughs> yeah. And I love the kind of behind the curtain quality. Yeah. They, some kids think that money grows on trees because right. <laughs> their, their parents will just buy everything from them. And one of the tenants um, behind guardian savings that I want to help facilitate for parents is giving their children the room to practice saving and spending. Uh -huh. And it can be a little bit painful because it usually involves giving your child an allowance and then letting your child spend that allowance and make the mistakes of buying things that you know they're not going to want to play with in two hours time. But with the idea that it's better that your child makes this mistake at age seven on a five to $10 purchase rather than making that type of mistake when they are 22 and it's several thousand dollars worth of consequences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think children actually do have this curiosity about money. A lot of the times the way we learn is through imitation. And as early as five or six years old, kids want to imitate their parents with money. A lot of times parents don't actually give their children the opportunity to imitate them. And to make mistakes. Yeah, that's that's really the, the thesis behind Guardian Savings is let's use that natural curiosity that children have to want to imitate their parents and start using money and use it as a learning tool early on so that they can develop the habits and skills they need for success as adults. 
Nice. I like it. So do you have, you have two modules in the Capital Clues at this point. You know, as I was thinking about this uh, phantom tollbooth memory, I thought, oh, gee, I wonder what other modules might be on the horizon. Are there some that are maybe less monumental and more sort of everyday? Do you have kind of a wish list or, uh, you know, if this if this moves forward, kind of what you'd like to do with it next? Yeah, living in Arlington, I would love to create a course that takes you around the county, uh-huh. potentially a little bit more than, than walking distance. What makes the two courses I have right now which are around the reflecting pool and around the tidal basin. So great is that there is a small area that's highly dense with points of interest. Right. So it makes it easy to walk around. If you were to do take that course to Arlington County, we have a lot of really interesting things that you can see as well as our own monuments and memorials, but they're a little more spread out. So that's why I started with the tidal basin and the reflecting pool. But being an Arlington native, there are a lot of things in our county that are worth celebrating. So creating a course for Arlington, maybe next on the horizon. Oh, all right. Well, sign me up. And I, you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, what a cool partnership potentially with like Walk Arlington or Bike Arlington or Capital Bike Share. So maybe it's a, a bike friendly route, you know. That's a fantastic idea. I'm a big biker myself. All right. Well, um, there you go. I'm I'm the big advocate for if you get to a new city, the the best way to see is rather than dri- driving around is getting on a bike. You just seem to notice a lot more of your surroundings than you do in a car. Um, probably because you're you sort of have to by the nature of biking. Right, it slows you down some. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have quite so much infrastructure around you. Yeah, so that's a good curiosity practice. I harvest what I call curiosity practices. Right, things that people do that build their curiosity muscle in ways large, small. You know, in work, in play. Do you have other things that you think of as curiosity practices? Yeah, well, I I think as it relates to entrepreneurship in particular, one curiosity practice that I have is rather than falling in love with a solution, and as as it relates to capital clues, I could have fallen in love with the idea that, oh, there's an app and it takes you around the National Mall. I like to fall in love with the problem. And when you fall in love with the problem, you'll find yourself brainstorming many, many more solutions than you may have originally thought of. So when um, I have, I have a good idea. I think, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was a business that did X, Y, Z? I like to take a step backwards and think, what is the problem that this original idea is actually solving? And then thinking about the problem more holistically. And nine times out of 10, I find myself actually coming up with even better ideas by thinking about the problem rather than the solution. I love that. I love the idea of falling in love with the problem. What an empowering approach. Yeah. And I, I think that can be applied to um, a lot of people's day-to-day jobs as well. And there's a lot of power that comes with that type of framework if you have a larger group of people because the, the power of the group when it comes to brainstorming can be really inspiring you might think of an idea like an app to take you around the National Mall and then 
someone else might say, oh, what if we, rather than doing a walking tour, we do it on bikes or on segways. Um, And that might end up being a better solution. Very cool. I like that a lot. That is a great curiosity practice. Well, one curiosity practice that I have is my big jar of wannabe analogies. I have a literal big jar. I'm going to take out slips of paper and we are going to make analogies to curiosity with whatever is on these slips. I have one for you, one for me, and one for the audience. So yours is toothpaste. How is curiosity like toothpaste? And mine is turtle. How is curiosity like a turtle? You want to go first? You want me to go? Sure. I'll go first. Okay. Curiosity is like toothpaste in that sometimes uh, when you find an idea that you're really interested in, um, you can't put it back in the tube. And (laughs) you you might become obsessed with it and build a whole app. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hear experience speaking. I love it. I love it. That's great. Well, you know, it's funny. My mind was sort of going the same place with the idea of sort of putting things back because of turtle can put its head out and then bring it back in, unlike the toothpaste. But I thought, you know, curiosity is a little like that. It can sort of poke itself out of the protective shell. It can pull back when it needs to, but it can't go anywhere unless it comes out of that shell and moves forward. Um, So that's how I would say curiosity is like a turtle. And audience, yours is washing machine. How is curiosity like a washing machine? Let me know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Well, Eric, thank you so much for this. And is there anything that you wanted to speak to that we didn't address that you want to add? Now that I'm thinking about it, something interesting might be around uh, the curiosity involved in product development. A lot of times you might think of a, a new feature and it might be the perfect feature for you as an individual named Eric. But then when you put it out there to the world, it might not be that great. And so what I do a lot of times in my day job, and I help to do with Capital Clues, is a practice called A-B testing. So you might come up with a hypothesis for the sake of the example, say a button color. You might think, oh, a green button would be great here. But then your teammate might say, oh, no, a red button would, be, would do really well here. <laughs> Someone else might say an orange button. And so what you do is you develop the code so that you see all three um, depend for, for different populations and you measure the analytics to see how the different button colors perform for a certain metric that you're trying to maximize. And I have been wrong so many times in terms of <laughs> what design will work, what color will work um, or how customers might use a feature. And I, for me, it really appeals to my curiosity because I'll have a hypothesis. And the great thing about software and design is you can actually put it to the test and uh, test different people's hypothesis. It's really fun. I like that also because it's a little like you're falling in love with the problem, right? But it's also holding yourself to a standard of curiosity that you could be wrong that your instinct might not actually be the best answer. Yes. 
And yep. and thinking of that as curiosity as opposed to being wrong, it's like I'm curious is there something better is a nice way of sort of opening possibilities in the in the process. I like that. Yeah. And I think taken as a whole, that's my approach to capital clues. I think the next six months are going to be a really interesting time to see, will people actually like to play a game like capital clues uh, that aren't my friends who probably, and my friends are always going to tell me that they love the game. Uh, but now that we're releasing it to the public, there'll be a lot of learning. Eric, thank you so much for this. I'm excited to uh, see crowds of people using your using your app on the monument and the monuments and then around in Arlington. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to WERA Radio Arlington. Find us online at WERA.FM. You can find this and all my previous episodes on my website at choosetobecurious.com and on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to Be Curious. I hope you follow me there and on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. Don't forget to send us your washing machine analogy, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my guest, Eric Neighbor, for joining me and encouraging all of us to pay a little more attention to the literally monumental city around us. Check out links to Capital Clues on my website or download the app at your favorite app store. Thanks, too, to Sean Ballack, another young local entrepreneur talent, for our theme and other music. Find him on SoundCloud. I hope you'll join me again next time. Until then, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter.